What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. Chiefs continue their preparation for Sunday's matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday, and we heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, as well as defensive line coach Brendan Daly, offensive line coach Andy Heck, and defensive backs coach Sam Madison. So we'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Steve Spagnolo. Then we'll hear from Dave Tobe. Then we'll take a quick timeout, and when we get back, you'll hear from Brendan Daly, Andy Heck, and Sam Madison. Here's Eric Bieniemy. All right. Uh, good afternoon. Hopefully, everyone had a uh, very happy uh, Christmas celebration together, and hopefully, everyone uh, is looking forward to a safe and sound uh, New Year's. Uh, feels good coming off a big victory from last week. I thought our guys did a tremendous job. And with that said, I'm all ears. Go first to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Good afternoon. How you doing, man? How you doing, Herbie? <laughs> I'm doing well, thanks. I have two questions here for you. First yes, one, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire obviously missing two straight days of practice. What, what's your comfort level if you have to go into this game without him? And I'll have the second one after this. Okay, uh, our comfort level is the next man is always available and ready. So obviously our training room people are going to do whatever they can to make sure that he's ready to go if given that opportunity. But when it's all said and done with, we know the the motto here. Next man is up. And these guys have done a tremendous job all year long of just stepping up when presented with the opportunity to do so. When you pop on the tape, what's the first reaction when you look at Trey Hendrickson, uh, the Bengals defensive end? (laughs) High motor, high energy. He's a beast. <laughs> Kid plays relentless. You, you can't help but uh, be a fan and, and have a great deal of respect for who he is and what he does. I mean, hell, he got after us pretty good last year. And so we just need to make sure that we can neutralize some of that pass rush and um, make sure that we're doing things, putting our guys in position so they can be good and, and great at times. But he's a tremendous football player. On top of that, they got another guy on the other side of him. They got a few guys inside uh, <laughs> that are pretty damn good, too. <laughs> We're next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach. Uh, Patrick mentioned that last week Tyreek Hill was a little bit tired, said the word exhausted, and obviously conditioning is coming into this COVID thing. Uh, when it comes to Hill and Travis Kelsey and you watching them on the field this week, just how uh, similar uh, are they to what you normally see from these two guys? You know what? I think they're they're much better than what they were both uh, a week ago. Obviously, uh, Tyreek came back and uh, played in the game. Trav didn't have that opportunity to do so. But uh, I think in hearing tra- uh, Tyreek said he was tired, it was kind of odd hearing that. Nobody expected to hear that from him. But, uh, you know, having this week to, to, to really get out there, get their conditioning back, those guys are professionals. They know exactly what to do and what is needed for them to be at their best. So I think they'll be just fine. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. 
Hey, Eric. Happy New Year. Um, I, I know <laughs> you always want to. Thank you. I know you always want to have Kelsey and Hill in the lineup and, and at 100 percent. But having to play a game like you had to play against Pittsburgh without one of them and the other one kind of limited. You feel like that'll be a good thing for you guys uh, down the road offensively, have, maybe with some other guys having to step up into bigger roles? Well, here's the thing. You never want to go into any game without, you know, uh, all your great players. But this is a part of the game. And this is the day and age in which we're living in. So it's our job as a coaching staff to make sure that our guys are ready. And I've talked about this in the past. You know, we coach our backup players to be starters. And I thought those guys that stepped into those roles did a tremendous job. Let's also give some credit where credit is due. Let's give some credit to the coaches who stepped up as well. You know, our whole entire staff stepped up and did the extra that needed to be done to get those guys prepared and ready to play. But Yes. You know, if that was to happen, you knock on wood. You never want to go into a game fully loaded. But if we do happen to have to go into a game in that uh, particular situation, we're just going to let our guys play. Let them know uh, that, hey, we have full trust in their capabilities of getting the job done. Uh, We'll go last three, starting with Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Coach, uh, you talk about next man up. It seems like Byron really embraced that last week, particularly after the drop early in the game, moved on from that and had a great game. Uh, What can you say about his performance last week? You know what? I thought Pringle did a heck of a job. I'm not shocked nor surprised. You know, and the thing about Pringle, he's he's one of our hardest working individuals. Kid comes comes to work every day with his hard hat. And the thing that you appreciate about Pringle is that he does not take anything for granted. You don't have to remind Pringle that he made, you know, that he had a drop. He's going to remind himself and he's going to find a way to make up for that particular play. That's what you love about him because he's nothing, nothing is ever too high and nothing ever gets him down too low. He just puts consistent behavior on tape. And that's what we appreciate about him more than anything. Well, Sam and then Nate. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Eric. Um, how you doing, Sam? Good, good. Thanks. Um, how much do you feel like the, uh, you know, the relative struggles that you guys had as an offense during the middle part of the year, especially something that Patrick really hadn't experienced before prepares you for the postseason, considering a lot of what you saw and struggled against in the regular season, you'll probably see in the postseason. You know, uh, sometimes without no bad luck, some of us wouldn't have any good luck at all. And sometimes you got to have those struggles because the thing that you need to do is to find out who's all on board. Okay. On top of that, I thought it brought us together more so as a staff and also even together as a team because these guys understood exactly what was needed to be done. They also, we also learned the the valuable lesson not to take this for granted. We're just not good enough to show up, okay? And those are the things that you have to go through in order to get to this point. Now, there's still some life lessons that we're going through, but when it's all said and done with, like I told you guys before, if we handled that the right way, We'll reap the rewards of it, you know, down the line. And what it has done is just helped us to grow together, completely together as a team. And we'll go last to Nate. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, B. Uh, Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year's to you as well. Um, I know it's around this time of the year where we get to ask you, and the NFL has changed this format as to how soon teams can uh, ask candidates for their openings at, at the coaching position. Uh, I guess one has any team reached out to you uh, or asked the Chiefs for permission to talk to you. And I, I just wonder if that moment hasn't occurred yet, and if it does occur before the postseason begins, how that might help you 
or how it may change uh, your viewpoint of maybe pursuing a head coaching job versus previous years where obviously you were doing it and then still trying to game plan for who you were going to face in the postseason? Well, here's the thing that's that's a little different. Obviously, right now, we're, we're trying to fight for home field advantage. So the head coaching stuff will take care of itself when that time is right. Right now, my job is to make sure that we're ready and that we're, we're taking care of the little things that we need to take care of. And, Nate, I know that question is going to continue to come up. You know, if and when that does happen, we'll address that then. But right now, my mind, my body, and my soul is focused on making sure that we're doing everything under the sun to make sure that we can take care of business this week and also finish the season the right way the following week. Coach E.B., we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. And uh, I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't really see anything right there. I, you're yeah. not on there, Brad. I don't see all the people. Will I? There we go. Is that better? Okay, now I got you. Okay. <laughs> I feel better yeah. now. I want to be able to look at somebody, right? <laughs> We're ready to start whenever you are, Coach. Okay. Uh, just getting off the field. Really beautiful day out there. I thought it was going to be a little chilly. I think I overdressed. Um, deep into Cincinnati. And with that, I'll just open it up. Let's go first to Herbie Teope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, good afternoon. Uh, Hi, speaking Herbie. of deep into Cincinnati, I say Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. What's your reaction, and how do you defend against these guys? Yeah, th- I think this is the best uh, threesome trio that we have gone through uh, against this year. I think our guys respect that, know that. Just turn on any play, any game, and they just take turns being the leading receiver for a particular game um heck of a challenge for our guys i mean what that's what we're working at right now and there's been a lot of conversation about those three wideouts next to sam mcdale go ahead sam hey steve hi sam Um, chris jones talked to us yesterday and just mentioned that uh it's still taking him a while to get back in football shape uh since coming off that covid list obviously you've got other guys this week that are coming off the covid list what's just the process of figuring out how close to 100% specifically conditioning wise these guys are this week. Yeah, that that's a really good point and something we got to be concerned about. I think to be honest with you, Sam, I really trust the guys and all we ask them is look, don't, don't go out there and keep yourself on the field for a play when you don't think you can do it hundred percent. Let's get somebody else in there. Uh, other than that, you know, we roll a lot of guys through. So I'm hoping the fact that we, you know, run a lot of people out on the field that that helps guys that are in that situation right now. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. If you were asked about the skill position players, I just was wondering, how do you feel about quarterback Joe Burrow and what he's been able to do so far in in his young career, and especially uh, watching that tape from last week? Yeah, uh, really, really impressive. I I mean, look at – this may sound crazy, but I see a young Tom Brady. I mean, this guy does everything. He does not look like a second-year quarterback that missed a lot of his first year. Um, totally impressed with him. Began the meeting on Tuesday. You know, we were just finishing up on the last game, but began the meeting talking about Joe because I think he's that good. Um, all the weapons we've talked about and all that, uh, but you got to have a quarterback that can get it done, and he really does. Uh, we've got to try to find out some ways to make him uncomfortable. Uh, easier said than done. We've got three more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Bahe. Go ahead, Bahe. Hey, Steve. I, I hopefully you're still glad to see faces now that I'm talking. Um, okay. Brad, I'll have a follow-up after this question. Steve, I know you're, you know, in the middle of the season and, and you won't really think about this stuff till the end of the season and where this all goes, but but how would you just explain in, in layman's terms or a, a couple of 
a couple factors in how you go from being three and four to winning eight in a row. I mean, are there specifics you can point us to? The no, first one, yeah, the first then one that jumps in my mind is is tremendous leadership at the top. And that begins with Andy. I think we talked about this before that there's there's no panic in Andy, and it filters right on through. Other and the next thing is tremendous trust. Uh, you know, Andy trusts in us. We trust him. The players trust each other. We trust the play. Uh, to me. Uh, the trust factor when you're going through that is huge, you know, believing in what you do. I think our guys did that. I mean, I know I had talks with the defensive unit about it when we were struggling, uh, you know, both as a team, as a defensive unit and as a defensive unit. And I just felt like the guys bought into that, embraced it and just kept on grinding away. I've said this before. I believe assistant coaches, you know, like the staff that I have made a huge difference in what we were able to do you know, in a turnaround. And I'm, I'm hoping we're still turning because I want to keep going forward and getting better. And, and the follow-up, Steve, is really, are, are we going to learn later that there was some double secret meeting that was the, the moment where everything changed? Uh, I, I mean, it, and, and I mean, really, the real serious question is that how much did you deal with doubt during that? Well, look at uh, seven games in, you know, especially with a 17-game season now, and you got a few win, wins under your belt. It, it, there's never time to panic. I mean, you'd be panicking later in December, but I just think when you, you're in this league long enough, you know that you can get it turned if you stick together and you keep believing in what you're doing. Don't change, don't panic. That's why I keep going back to that. Um, I believe every man to a man did that. And more than anything, I think that was the foundation in the, what we were able to do. Next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Steve, between the, the COVID situation and the game situation last week, you got some young guys, some action. Uh, I know DiCaprio was your leading tackler, but Dorian O'Daniel and Josh Jackson got some time too. What did you kind of learn and see from those three guys? Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because it was great. Listen, those guys work their butts off every day. I mean, they're doing scout team. They're working special teams. They're doing scout team special teams. They're in every meeting. They're in early meetings. Uh, Coach House has them in there you know, Dorian, some other guys you just mentioned, and it's nice to see it pay off and that they can get out on the field and perform. And I agree with you. I thought those guys did the three that you mentioned did some good things for us. I mean, I would like to be able to do that in the next two games. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it certainly would be good for us if we could and really proud of what those guys did. We'll go last to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. Um, Chris Jones played a little bit less uh, against the Steelers than he otherwise would have. Was that because he was coming off COVID? Was that maybe because of the lopsided nature of the game? Was there something else going on there? And, and Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, Adam, more, uh, more I think, because of the lopsided uh, part of the game, to be honest with you, because it wasn't – he was in a – as I can recall, he was in a normal rotation, you know, through the first three quarters of the game. And, again, we roll people through. You guys know that. I mean, we have eight D linemen that are in there that are going to be in there in a normal rotation. And I think it, I don't think it was anything – due to the COVID. I don't ever remember Madam coming to me and saying, you know, I'm feeling winded or tired, unless you talk to Brendan about that, but I don't remember that. Okay. And as Sam mentioned, he talked about COVID kind of throwing him off stride. He felt like he was in a pretty good rhythm and, and then he kind of had to start from, from basically from scratch again. Do you, um, could you see that from him and do you, and can you tell in practice this week, maybe he's bouncing back a little bit? Uh, I mean, I, I, he feels like he's bouncing back and moving around pretty good. I, I can't recall a week ago. I know that I, I don't think he had a lot of practice reps because it wasn't, if I, my memory serves me, 
he really didn't get cleared until later. I want to say it was Friday. And, you know, and then we don't do much on Saturday. So that might have had something to do with what you're talking about, Adam, because he really didn't have a lot of reps under his belt during the week to get ready for the game. But listen, if that's what he's saying, that it affected my trust that hopefully we're past that now. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining okay. us. Thank you. Hey, Coach, a uh, couple of questions. But first off, I want to start with Elliot Fry and Johnny Townsend and, and what those guys gave to you last week. They were outstanding. I mean, the fact that we had Elliot, I mean, that, that uh, Brett had the uh, foresight to actually sign Elliot the week before and get him on a practice squad, that really helped. You know, because when Bucker tested positive, then we were able to immediately start working with Elliot. Uh, you know, he was working with Tommy at the time, though, and then Tommy all of a sudden he goes down later in the week, and that was that was really what threw us the, you know, like the uh, curveball right there was having him go down so late in the week, and then having to work, you know, getting Johnny in off the street, uh, you know, really with one day of practice and, and getting him working with Elliot. But so the, those guys really deserve a lot of credit for what they did. Uh, really, the guy that held the whole thing together was uh, James Winchester. I mean, he was out there being able to. Uh, getting extra reps and, and doing all the you know extra things as far as getting them ready for practice and telling them what we're going to do and in, in and out all the ins and outs of what we do and uh, and then he was he was a spot on with his snap so that wasn't even a question so James was the hero of the week and, and then those two guys came in and they really helped themselves I think they helped their resume that you know down the road they got some great experience great game experience everybody all coaches look for game experience and and they they got some really good experience there. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. I have one follow-up, Brad. Um, I'm saying this in a good way. Harrison Butker is pretty intense. Just how how devastated maybe was he to miss the game uh, and get out of his groove in a sense? Of <laughs> that's a, to that's get a good question. I thought about that. I said, I wonder what Harrison's doing right now. I guarantee he was going nuts. This is uh, this is so important to him. And, and you guys know when you talk to him, it's um, you know it's his life, and he really uh, for him to miss it. You know, uh, it really uh, definitely, definitely hurt him. And I know that. And, and he was watching probably on the edge, edge of his seat on every kick and every kickoff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just good to have him back. And I'm sure he's happy to be back. And then the other thing is just this is kind of like a little inside football, I guess, for for fans. But how how much do you think you might get a call about um, Fry or the Elder Townsend now sometime in the future? Yeah, I told them both. I said, this is, I mean, you guys really helped your resume. I mean, that's really what your resume is, is your tape. And that, and they went in there and they, they had, we had six, we had eight, eight field goals, literally, literally. I mean, we had the four extra points, but they're all field goals, uh, eight field goals. And and then, the, the, you know, the couple punts that we had and uh, both of them, uh, you know, really, really did a good job in that kind of a tough situation, a windy day. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't an easy day. You know, that was probably an eight on a 10 scale. You know, I mean, that wind was gusting and, and for both of those guys, that's our, uh, you know, for, for special teams, that's our nemesis. And then those guys, just, they handled it great. Go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Coach, Happy New Year to you, uh, and I hope Happy you're New well. Year. Happy New Year. As sort of a follow-up to Matt's and Pete's question on Elliot Fry and, and Johnny yeah. Townsend, you, you touched on their message, your message to them that the, the somehow, you know, you, you got the good tape and you can keep the dream alive. But how much do you anticipate keeping them on a short list with the playoffs coming up in light of how this COVID situation is developing yeah. around the country. You know, before they left on their exit interview, I told them, I said, you know, you guys are on our short list. I mean, if something happened to those guys, they would be able to be plugged right in. I mean, you know, uh, in a heartbeat, I would take those guys, either one, both of them back. I mean, it would be, uh, that's a no brainer for us, you know, cause they know our system. They've, they've proven themselves and, 
uh, that's what I mean. I mean, I think it's going to help them going forward, whether it's here or anywhere else, it's going to help those, those guys in their, in their future. And we'll go Matt back to Matt and Derek to close us out. Go ahead, Matt. Hey coach. I'd also wanted to ask you about, you know, with the COVID situation, the last couple of weeks, you've had to juggle the lineup a little bit. I mean, bringing up guys from the practice squad to be some four phase guys. Um, yeah. What's it meant, you know, to be able to have some guys that you can count on? You know, you know, Fountain was one of those guys. Zane Anderson's been one of those guys. How's it been just to be able to count on some of those guys you've had to call on? Well, for me, it's been huge. I mean, those guys, uh, you know, they first of all, it starts with, you know, with Veach and his crew. I mean, getting those guys, getting good players, you know, on that practice squad. It was so important, particularly this year, you know, with that, especially what, what happened to us last week with the amount of guys that we had down, we really didn't know who we were going to have up. You know, it, it was all the way up to the end of the week because we had guys coming back, coming back as the week went on and you really couldn't commit to a guy. So you really couldn't practice a guy during the week. You had to practice the guys that you knew were going to be there. So that's what we did. And then all of a sudden, you know, we found out that, uh, you know, uh, Josh Jackson was going to be up. So he ended up playing in the game without any reps during the week. So a lot of credit goes to those guys, uh, him and Boodle. I mean, Boodle jumped in too. He's the same thing. He, he jumped in and got a bunch of good reps and, uh, you know, did a real good job for us. So a lot has to do with our personnel department, having good players over there that we can tap into. And, and um, you know, and, and then credit goes to the player too, for being up on what we're doing as far as in meetings and, and keeping up with uh, their position and knowing what to do you know, when, if they get called upon. So uh, overall, you know, it was a good, it was good for us to go through it and we know we can, how to handle it. And, you know, and, and a lot of credit goes to all the players and, and the, and the personnel department. Coach Tobe, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining okay. us. Thank you. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You just heard from Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagdolo, and Dave Tobe. Now we'll finish things up with some of the Chiefs' assistant coaches, starting with Brendan Daly, followed by Andy Heck. Then we'll finish up with Sam Madison. Hey, Coach. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Herbie. How are you? Hey, I'm well, thanks. Joe Mixon for the Bengals. What are some of the, the challenges you see for your defensive line to, to try to keep this guy from getting outside and trying to contain him, period, out of the backfield? Yeah, this guy is a really impressive runner. He's an impressive back, not just runner. He's uh, he's more than capable in terms of pass receiving as well. But um, specific to his running ability, he's got very good strength. He's got very good balance, vision, runs with great pad level, finishes runs on contact. I think one of the best things that he does is he presses the heels of the offensive linemen extremely well, lets those blocks develop, uh, has a very nice feel for the cutback runs um so we're gonna have to do a good job of winning the line of scrimmage of playing with hands of attacking blockers pressing those blocks not jumping around them and creating space um and violently getting off of them if we allow him to run us sideways with their stretch running schemes uh, that's where he finds the horizontal creases in the defense and so we got to do a good job of minimizing that pressing the blocks getting downhill with the second level they do a really good job with their scheme as well in terms of 
forcing the corners to have to make tackles on the edges. Um, and he's a tough tackle. He really is. He's very good in terms of yards after contact, in terms of spin, stiff arm, and then even just lowering his shoulder and running through contact. Next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Coach, Hitch and Tyron have just commented recently on just how good the front four has been uh, really coming on, you know, from the middle of the season on. Uh, Chris Jones yesterday said that there's still room to grow. Uh, what do you attribute maybe the the, the um, advanced relentlessness uh, that we saw middle of the season on? And do you feel, okay, uh, we can still get even better than we are uh, playing right now? Yeah, I do feel like we can play better than we are right now. Um, I would agree that there has been an improvement there as well. Um, and I think that's a natural process. I hope that's what we do, you know, each week that we go out there. And uh, I think the players have done a fantastic job. They've practiced extremely well uh, through this stretch, uh, even on days where Coach Reed's given them, you know, a little bit lighter day in terms of no helmets or pads. Um, they've been very conscious of playing with great fundamentals with their hands, their eyes. So I attribute their work in that regard to our improvement. Uh, I also feel really good about the health and the depth of that group. Um, you know, we've been able to have eight guys contributing in a significant way. We're getting quality production out of everybody in that group. Uh, you've, you've got a lot of confidence with whoever you put out there on the field, and it's been able to keep us fresh and, and allow us to play well. And hopefully that continues. I do think, you know, we have not reached our peak, and I hope that, you know, we're staring at it and working towards it. We've got two more. We'll go Adam and then Nate. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brendan. Um, wanted to ask you about Chris Jones. He was telling us yesterday that um, having COVID really kind of threw him back a little bit, kind of threw him off stride. You talked to him about that at all? Have you seen that with him? Do you see him bouncing back this week in, in practice? Yeah, I do. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't have a ton of experience with the guys in COVID just watching and observing it does seem like each guy's affected a little bit differently you know for whatever reason and I think uh you know there's no broad brush to paint there you just kind of got to work through it um I did see last week in practice as we got him back integrated into it I could see okay there may be some stamina some wind issues here um he worked through that I give him a lot of credit and uh I, I would say that looks like it's improved this week. You know, you would have to talk to him. He can tell you more specifically about how he feels. You know, I'm going kind of off of the body language, if you will, um, in, in watching him. Um, but I would say, you know, looks a little bit better than particularly the first day we got him back off of the COVID situation last week. Last Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. And everybody knows that um, when you guys started to move Chris inside a little bit more, that that's when the, the winning streak and, and your guys playing a little bit better. But I wanted to add an element to how you've seen Chris Jones and Jaron Reed work together um, more as the season's gone on and maybe uh, what the difference is early in the year when you add a new guy into the mix versus him being a part of the function of the defense now and you guys uh, seeing them work together in tandem much better. Yeah, I do think there's an element anytime you're moving bodies around that you're there's some continuity and familiarity that's got to be acquired, right? And the only way you can do that is by being out there and, and working together. 
Uh, I think those guys have done a great job. I agree that has improved. Um, I think even the, the multiple combinations we've had, even when it's Chris and Derek Noddy or Chris and Turk at times, um, there's just, as the season has gone on, I feel like the, the cumulative reps and ability to function together has improved there. And that's been part of the reason that we've played better. No question. Um, those guys, I, I give them a lot of credit. They, they've worked hard to get comfortable with each other and get into familiar positions with the other guys as they're in the game. And, uh, you know, it takes time to develop some of that. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Happy New Year. Hey, Coach Jack. Uh, I, was, I was wondering if you could kind of speak to what Andrew Wiley has meant to the team. I know natural guard, but he's really been uh, selfless this year and going out to right tackle at, at the drop of a hat when you guys have needed him. Just um, what has he meant to the team? Yeah, absolutely. Andrew has, uh, you know, since he's gotten here and then proven that he, hey, this is a tough guy, a good, versatile athlete. Uh, we need to find a role for him. And then, you know, but even before this year, he stepped in and started a bunch of games for us at left guard, at right guard, tackle, so on. And then this year, uh, same thing. I mean, he's been ready to go at any one of those positions. We've needed him at tackle. And then he stepped in. And then last week, I mean, he had a great challenge, and I thought he rose to that occasion. Um, and, and the other thing that Andrew brings really is an energy, uh, a toughness. I mean, he's a tough a uh, kid that loves football. He's, he's, he's absolutely, you know, essential to what we're doing here. Those kind of unheralded uh, guys that do the dirty work like that. Uh, that's what it's all about. Next to Herbie T.O.P. Go to Herbie. Hey coach. Happy new year. Hope all as well. You too. Hey, um, over the past month or so, you guys have faced your share of, of some of the league's elite pass rushers. What, what kind of separate challenge does a guy like Trey Hendrickson present to you? your offensive line this week? Yeah, uh, it's going to be another great challenge. Uh, I mean, the guy's been super productive. He's a very talented, good pass rusher. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and it seems like, you know, a lot of these teams have got guys like that. But they all have like a little different uh, style to them. And so he's got his own uh, deal. The thing, one of the things that makes him great is what a hard charger he is. But he's got a good complement of rushes, really bends the edge well. Uh, and then is very disciplined uh, with his pass rushes. You know, you're not going to see him just running by a quarterback. He's going he's gonna to hit the brakes and try to leak back inside or bend that edge. So that's going to be another great challenge for our, our tackles. And, uh, and they've been rising to, you know, uh, a lot of these uh, challenges. And so getting into the film and then coming up with a plan for, you know, how, how do I, you know, work against this guy? What can I anticipate from him, um, you know, is, is what helps you on Sunday. Three more going right down the line, starting with Sam. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Coach. Um, wanted to ask also about Andrew Wiley. Obviously, you know, he, he admitted to us in the, in the training camp the Super Bowl didn't go the way he wanted it to go. You're coaching all these guys' physical traits. How much of the mental aspect of that did you guys have to coach in the offseason and training camp? Or was it something you was unspoken? I mean, I know every player is different. How did you handle that with him specifically? Yeah, Um you know, we were all disappointed in that game. It didn't go the way any of us wanted. And, uh, you know, you don't, uh, you know, belabor that. You don't dwell on it. Um, we take a look at it uh, once. Uh, we correct the, the mistakes and look at where we can be better. And, um, and you don't overreact to anything good or bad. And, you know, uh, to all the guys' credit that, that were part of that and, and came back, uh, we just get to work one day at a time. 
one meeting, one practice period at a time. And that's the way we approach things, you know, across the board here. That's the kind of um, environment that Coach Reed sets up for us. Last two, Nate and then Matt. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Andy. Um, it was clear when you guys made the trade for Orlando that he wanted to prove that he could uh, play left tackle at a high level. Uh, he's been named a, a pro bowler. I just wonder what Orlando sort of showed you throughout the course of the season um, in your guys' offense that has impressed you the most uh, in terms of him getting that high of an accolade. Yeah, uh, I think what impresses me most about Orlando is his willingness. So here's a guy who's experienced, you know, early success in his career. He, he'd been to a Pro Bowl uh, prior to getting here, um, but still recognizes, hey, I've got room to grow. I've got things I've got to get better at that I want to be better at. I want to be a great player. And, uh, and you know, you, you take the accolades away, uh, uh, away and you just boil it down to how can I be the best today? How can I be a little bit better for tomorrow? And that's how Orlando has approached it. He has come to work every day uh, with the focus to get better. And we've seen improvement, um, you know, little things that we're asking. It's not an easy thing to do to switch teams, switch offenses, terminology, also techniques. Um, you know, I, I might emphasize uh, well, something that wasn't emphasized by his, his previous coach and vice versa. And so to learn all that, take it in and have a great attitude about it, just being a sponge uh, and, and getting to work uh, to, to pick it up, uh, pick up what it is we do here in Kansas City. And so that's what's impressed me most about him. We'll go last to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Coach, uh, one of the stories of this season has been how your group has gotten better as the season has gone on and they've gotten to know each other. Uh, for you as a coach with that in mind, how exciting was it to watch the film from last week, particularly that play, the touchdown to Pringle, where Patrick had like 10 seconds to throw? <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of fun. And really what makes it most fun is that each guy in there is a great guy. I mean, they're fun to be around. And, you know, taking a group of talented people, um, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a great team or a great unit. Um, and so there's a lot of work that has to, you know, get done to have guys gel together. And a, and a lot of that work has to be done by them. Uh, and the way they've approached this uh, whole thing uh, with a focus to get better every day, and they enjoy each other. They enjoy football. They enjoy each other. It is a lot of fun to be able to be a part of a group like that, uh, come to work every day and, and uh, try to, coach uh, people that have that kind of attitude and then in terms of Pringles play right there I mean that was that was a beautiful thing we maxed that pro up so we had a little bit of an assist uh, from uh, Bert and Blake on that thing but uh, that, that was a lot of fun a great play action it was you know that was a good team effort on that thing and a great job by Pat hanging in there and finding Pringle. Coach Heck we appreciate the time thanks for joining us. Yep you bet. Hey coach good afternoon how you doing man? Good to yourself. Hey, I'm well, thanks. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, obviously a, a handful for your cornerbacks, but how important is it going to be for your guys to stay disciplined, especially on the back end of coverage against this prolific trio? 
Yeah, you just hit it uh, on the head. Being disciplined, being disciplined in their coverage with their eyes and their responsibilities. Um, over the last couple of weeks, the guys have done a really good job. I mean, we've been in and out with different players moving around. Now we have pretty much solidified our guys in their positions. But, you know, when you look at this group of trio, they're pretty darn good and they have a very good quarterback to deliver the ball. So everybody's going to have to be on the same page. And I think that these last couple of days, they have really been focusing on that. And, I, and they're really looking forward to this challenge. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Um, really, the last couple of games, even with the COVID situation and and certainly Sunday with game situation, you got a chance to look at a lot of your young guys, um, especially like Caprio Boodle, Josh Jackson, some of the others, Zane Anderson, I know too. Yep. Uh, what have you really seen from that group of young guys last couple of weeks that you know really have gotten their first chances out there? Yeah, one thing that you can say, and Coach Reed been preaching it, and since I've been playing 100 years ago, you know, it's about the next man up, uh, but paying attention in the meetings and paying attention to the details. Coach Spax do a lot of different things on a consistent basis at these guys. You know, we get a lot of different walk through, a lot of different reps in that category, but, you know, just to be able to put those guys into the game um, and, and get them lane, uh, live game action that was really good for them, but good for us as well to evaluate these guys. So, you know, towards the end of the game to be able to get, like you said, Josh, Boodle, uh, Zane into those games, into those situations to give us an opportunity to really, you know, hone in in the little small details through walkthroughs and talkthroughs. You know, you can't really get the full live game experience, but they really had opportunity to do that. And it, and it gave them, you know, an opportunity to really see where they're, where they fare uh, in this situation. But it was fun to sit there and watch those guys. And Boodle had probably about 15 tackles in like 12 <laughs> in a couple of plays. So good for them. We'll take three more going right down the line, starting with Pete Sweeney. Good, Pete. Coach, my question is about Legarius. You guys seem really comfortable moving him inside, outside. He looks to be one of the team's better tacklers. Just in your experience uh, coaching him, what makes him such an asset to your unit and, and the defense as a whole? Um, mindset, right? You know, um, last year coming right in and being very physical at the line of scrimmage when, you know, we moved him out at corner, then, you know, with Breland being out last year and then coming back, we was like, we got to get this kid on the field and putting him at nickel, you know, he, it just fit perfectly for him. He's violent, you know, he's strong, he's physical. Um, he, and he likes getting his hands on those wide receivers, which, you know, most people put their number two, three wide receiver in there. So you don't get your hands on it, but he finds a way to get it done and he messes up the integrity of the route. So, you know, just being, being able to watch him flying around is, you know, I'm just happy that he's back and he's out there. He's doing the things that he likes to do and it, and it's fun for him. So, you know, he wants to be good, not only good, he wants to be great. And he talks about it every day and he comes out here and works at it. So um, kudos to him, you know, for things that he's been able to do and, and accomplish and be able to feel the game as it goes on. He's been doing a really good job for us. Go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Sam. I um, yeah. was wondering, um, what were the things that a, a defensive back needs to be good at to be a good blitzer? Are, are there things that some qualities there that all good defensive backs or good blitzers have to have? Yeah. Uh, and that's mindset. And you got to be tough. You know, you're going in there, you're giving up almost 125 plus pounds to these offensive linemen. Then, you know, you have running backs that scanning um, and, and you never know when they're going to peel back and just being able to absorb and beat those blocks and, and the quickness part. Um, I mean, 
he's violent. He re he's relentless. And then off of those blitzes, you have to be um, cautious of the run and the pass. So he's been able to transition into both of those. Um, and, and he's doing a really good job of studying those things and the tendencies that the opposing offenses has and um, going out there and then executing the, the things that Coach Spags really calls and give us the opportunity to win. So, you know, just because of the violent nature that he plays with throughout the course of the game, Coach Spags can call a lot of different exotic things. And, you know, he has an opportunity to give uh, some false keys, some false uh, blitzes here and there. And he's starting to, to learn when and where he can do that. But yet and still, when, when you're talking about blitzing, you need somebody with the mindset and he has the size and the speeds to get it done. And that's the thing that really helps us and help him as well. And he wants to do it. He loves to do it. And, you know, putting him in those situations has been really good for us as a defense. The last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey Sam, I have another hey, question about the uh, Legarius. Yep. When you when you watch a guy on tape in college and you get to start to know him through the draft process, I, I wonder for you as an assistant how how fun it is to to continue to coach that player when you know what you've seen translates to not only your scheme but uh, what he can do in the NFL. Just what's the What's the enjoyment been like for you to, to continue to coach him in so many different ways based on what uh, he showed in college? Well, the one thing you want to do, you want to get a lot of his background. You know, I had opportunity, you know, to talk to his uh, college coach, um, you know, have an opportunity to understand him when he was down in Miami, his um, his former coach. But, you know, going back and looking at film, you know, as a sophomore, as a junior, then a senior, you know, he was a senior, he playing safety. Then you got to go back and you got to evaluate him, you know, as a sophomore, as a freshman, and then just looking at those little things. And then you see little nuances that continue to progress and get better. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, he plays safety. That means he's tough enough to be able to do some of the things that you really need. But um, going from one position to the next and still not missing a beat and just fine tuning some little small details. And when you give him something, he sits there, he processes it, and then he goes and apply it. That's the fun part of being able to watch these guys over the last couple of years. Um, not only uh, Legereus, uh Ward as well, you know, giving these guys the little small details that, so they can go out there and be successful on the football field. And that's one of the things that's been really rewarding for me to be able to watch these guys going out there giving them little small tools and then letting them go and use the, their tool belt when they need to in different situations of a game. Coach Madison, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right. Happy holidays to you guys. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.